3: My name is Paul Garcia and I'm your host here on the Spurs cast. Today I'll be joined by Project Spurs writer Stephen Anderson. In this episode, Stephen and I will discuss some takeaways and observations from the Spurs' first three games of the season and shine the spotlight on a few players. Let's go ahead and get started. Stephen, how you doing?
4: Hey Paul, how you doing? Good, good to be back on the, for the season.
3: Uh, yep, this season just got started. This actually looks a little bit, um, you know, more interesting of a Spurs season uh, compared to how they were playing in the, in the preseason. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when everything when John and I recorded, I think it was about two weeks ago, um, it was like almost doom and gloom because they had just got blown out in that last game by the Rockets. But things <laughs> have, have have quickly turned around in the real season. So let's go ahead and jump right into this. So let's first begin, Stephen, with the latest news uh, for Spurs cast listeners. So the Spurs have started off two and one this this season to begin the early season. The first weekend, uh, you and I are recording this, Stephen, on on, on uh, what what is this? Uh, Tuesday evening yeah Tuesday evening so at the time before the games took place the Spurs were actually tied for first in the Western Conference at 2-1 and one. so they they were amongst a bunch of teams that were actually first in the w- out west at 2-1 uh, so the way they started off their season was Wednesday they got a win last Wednesday uh, a 12-point win pretty comfortable against the Memphis Grizzlies then on Saturday they had a close win um, against the Toronto Raptors then on Sunday they actually came back against the New, or- the New Orleans Pelicans. They were down by 15 at one point. They made a comeback, but they couldn't quite hold on, and they ended up losing that game by three points. Uh, they really couldn't execute that final play to try to send it to overtime. Uh, and, and the team has talked about that. So again, two and one is not bad for for this team, especially considering they, they went 0 and three in the preseason and they just didn't look very good in the preseason. And they've kind of they've quickly turned things around. So let's first begin with some injury news, and that's Derek White's um you know return coming pretty soon. So here's what Coach Pop said, Stephen, on Saturday. Uh, he said uh, he's progressing very well. We don't, we don't have an exact date on a return, but it'll be soon. That's re- in regards to Derek white, who's been out through all of training camp, all of preseason and on and all of the regular season so far. So here's what we know that, that why, why, white, white is definitely progressing. Um, he has been traveling. We've seen him, you know, on, on the road and at home, uh, to and from games. Uh, he's actually been participating like in pregame shoot arounds. We've you know, there's video of him, you know, taking jumpers with, with the coaches and stuff like that. Uh, as far as Wednesday's game against the Lakers, which is probably when this episode's coming out. Um, he is going to be out though for the Lakers, uh, uh, that Lakers game, uh, uh, the Spurs have officially ruled him out so far but you know who maybe he come back friday maybe he comes back um you know over the weekend uh, so what have you thought about the, the news about wide returning soon
4: I mean that's welcome news if you're if you're the Spurs you know coach pop and all the fans there I mean that's welcome news because you know he's one of the key pieces and I think coach pop even said it um you know he wants Derek White to be part of the team for a long period, uh, for the future, a long, a long time, and um, we saw that with the extension that he got. So, I mean, him coming back from injury, I think it's going to be key uh, to help this team and kind of help them in the long run. Of course, I mean, remember, you don't want to rush someone who had an injury like he had back, especially when it has to do with your leg and you know all that type of stuff. You don't want to rush something like that back. So, I mean, we all know what Papa's going to do. He's going to take it precaution, go game by game, and just maybe even limit his minutes like we've seen him do in the past. But I mean, overall, Derek White coming back for the Spurs is going to be a huge improvement to their offense and, of course, to their their defense as well because we've seen what this team can do already without Derek White. But when you add him into the mix, I think it's it's only going to make the team a lot better than what they are right now. And like you said, 2-1 and is not bad either.
3: Yeah, and and really it could be three and or it could be, you know, one and two, just depending on how those last two games went, uh-huh. the ones that were close. Uh you know, from for me, from my perspective, uh I really think this is a tough call for the coaching match. Not not a tough yeah. call. Like we know Derek's gonna get the start, but it's like it's almost like at the position where he plays, the other guys are actually all playing very well so far in this early season. You got Dejounte Murray, who we're going to talk about today, Demar Derozan, uh, Lonnie Walker IV, and Keldon Johnson. All four of those wing players are actually playing very well, and so it's actually going to be tough because one of those guys is going to have to get out of the starting lineup if, if they are going to start Derek, which is, that's what we anticipate they will do, just like mm-hmm. they did in the bubble, and also because you know that's that shows you know that they want to make him a part of their core with them giving him that that four year extension recently. So that's going to be a tough part. Is like a lot of these guys are playing well, and and the, if really the only. Player Person who's who's struggling right now, the starting lineup is Lamarcus Aldridge, but he's you know the pop wood bench uh, you know the starting five in the group, so that's not going to happen. So that's why it's going to be an interesting you know um, uh, decision by the coaching staff is who do they pull from the starting lineup when when there's a lot of these younger guys, uh, and including DeRozan, who's who, uh, you know who's the veteran in that group, uh, they're actually all playing very well. So, so you know that'll be something to watch as soon as uh, Derek does get healthy. Now, obviously, um, uh, when if the team starts losing some games, well, then that makes it easier because then you know that you know things aren't going quite. Uh, mm-hmm. right, right now. So, so we'll see exactly again, what happens, but again, the good news is that Derek White, is, should be returning pretty soon here. Uh, the next, the next bit of news, Steven, uh, you know, it was, o- it was only one week, like, like we mentioned that, that the Spurs have played three games, but, uh, two of their players got recognized by the NBA, uh, and that's DeMar DeRozan and, and DeJounte Murray. So, uh, this past week, um, uh, DeRozan and Murray, along with CJ McCollum and Brandon Ingram, they were the four players who were the nominees for the Western Conference player of the week. And it was Brandon Ingram who was selected by the NBA. So, but, but just again, you're going to, you want to give a shout out there to Murray and DeRozan for being recognized. And, and I, I, you know, I, I check these things every week whenever they come out by the NBA. And I can't remember two players being involved in the same week or month, except for when Kawhi and Aldridge were together on the same team at, at you know during their, during their their time together. So uh, let's go ahead and first talk about DeRozan, the kind of week he's had. Um, so his averages this past week, uh, 21 points to start the season, 47% shooting, 38% from three. He's increased his three-point output. Um, 7.3 free throw attempts, a leader in the team, 5.7 rebounds, nine assists, uh, one steal. Uh, some good things about what he's been doing um, so far early on these three games is he's really changed his shot profile. Um, mm-hmm. 60, 65% of his shots are coming from the paint. Um, you know, that's pretty expected. He's, he's one of their best rim attackers. But 19% of his shots have come from three, and 16% of his shots have come from mid-range. Uh, he, he's pretty much the guy, along with Kelton Johnson, who's attacking the rim for the Spurs and getting to the line. And, and this is something that's, that the, the one loss the Spurs have against the Pelicans, uh, Coach Stan Van Gundy actually said, you know, that was actually their game plan, game plan was to try to limit the the, the dribble penetration from DeMar DeRozan, especially in the pick and roll. And so that was one thing they really want to do is emphasize and try to make it tough for him. And, and, you know, he he did struggle in that last game against the Pelicans. Uh, I think he's in a better situation defensively as well because Mm -hmm. no longer does he have to guard like the one or the the first or second best option. Now he actually guards like the third or fourth best option on an offense. And this is because he's flanked by Lonnie. He's flanked by uh, DeJounte. He's flanked by Keldon Johnson, three really good um, wing defenders. So, you know, when you look at who he's guarding now, he's guarding like the, I mentioned like the third option, like Kyle Anderson against the Grizzlies. OG Ananobi who's more of a spot up shooter. Uh Eric Bledsoe who, you know, who you can kind of back off of because you know he's struggling from with his shots. So what have you thought early on of, of DeRozan's play in this opening week?
4: Well, I mean, offensively, I mean I think we all knew what we were going to get from him coming mm-hmm. into the season the same thing we got from him a year ago. But as you mentioned, you know, his shot selection has changed. He's he is taking more shots from three, which I think Pop has even said during the very, very <laughs> abbreviated training camp that they had, yeah. which is, you know, um, <laughs> This is what we want. We want La. We want Demar to take more threes because that's the that's the direction that this team is going in offensively. They're going to more of a running gun style, uh, uh, fast tempo style, which is exactly what the entire NBA is, has been doing the past couple of seasons, and it's good to see the Spurs finally adapting to that. With DeMar, DeMar is a massive piece of that because he is the Spurs' best player right now offensively. He is their best player. He is their go-to player, as we saw, even though it was a loss um, in that game against New Orleans. He took Mm -hmm. that, he attempted that last three. Obviously, it was blocked at the end, but interesting enough, Lonnie Walker said the play was actually designed for him. So that was a very, but you see the point, Paul, is that DeMar is a, a very skilled player on on the offensive end. And what I've noticed in these first three games, and again, I will caution to everybody listening. It is early. It's only yes. three games in. Mm-hmm. This could change by the time we get to January, February. But as of right now, in this moment, a couple of days before 2021 starts, DeMar's game has changed. And I think that is because, as you said, he is surrounded by Alani Walker, a Keldon Johnson, DeJounte Murray, even LaMarcus, even though LaMarcus is struggling, you can you can count on LaMarcus to hit some shots when you need him to hit him, even if he misses them half, for most of the game. So, I mean, That is where I think DeMar's game has improved is because he has that help. He has that extra help from his starting unit in there. And, of course, you mentioned he's going to be that guy that goes attacks the rim just like we we all know he's going to do. But I think he's done very, very well for himself. And I will say this, Paul. You've seen it, I know, and I've seen it as well. We've seen Spurs Twitter say, you know, LaMarcus and DeMar, both their contracts are up at the end of this current season. And is it time for the experiment to end? I will say, if DeMar is starting to hit more threes and can hit them on a consistent basis and be the player he is right now throughout the entire season, why not bring him back and keep him with this unit if it works? And I'm not saying the Spurs are going to go win a championship this year or anything, but I'm saying they are, so far, three games in, it is early. They they look to be better than they were last season. And if they can sustain that, I'm interested to see what happens with DeMar in the off season, But, I mean, as far as so far three games in, Paul, I think DeMar has done what we expected, but also he's kind of exceeded some expectations a little bit early.
3: Yeah, so I want to comment on two things you just mentioned there that that you, that uh, they're that, that really important that you, to point out is like one part of it is I, I you know I, I'm really glad that he is taking the threes and the increase in threes, but I, I think we've seen him in these past two seasons with the Spurs where he'll he'll have like a week or like five games where he flirts with the three point uh, increase in threes a little bit, so it is more of a positive sign that he's doing this now in opening week. He normally doesn't do that; he waits to like a month or two into the season where he'll like he'll go you know start shooting a bunch of threes for a while, but then he just completely stops. So again, I want to see exactly how, how real this is if he is really going to add this shot to his diet. His shots, um, selection. So, so we'll see. You know, that's that's going to be determined to see if it actually continues and stays consistent. Him taking these threes more so than the mid range. So mm-hmm. that's one part of it. And The two is like like you mentioned, Stephen, right there is the fact that you know uh, all season, you know, some of the talk was like you know here he and 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 and, uh, and Aldridge and maybe Rudy Gay and Patty Mills. Those those veteran players are going to be on the trade block. Mm-hmm. And while I still think that's true, if uh, if they actually play well, or specifically the Rosen plays well, you know, he, he does make uh, it does make uh, the possibility that if if he continues through the whole season with the Spurs. And, he, and, he, and you know maybe they get to the playoffs, they're very competitive. Um, then maybe you know it, he doesn't have to sign a four-year extension. He could just sign like a one or two year, just depending. Mm-hmm. It, again, it's, it's only if it works out this whole season. Again, it's only been three games. We don't know exactly uh, what direction this this is going in. Um, you know until this, we see how much success this team has. But if they do show, show up to become a very competitive team that's pretty good in the Western Conference, well then yeah, I mean it's in the, the Spurs will have a lot of the power because they could offer him the most money uh, mm-hmm. because they would have his, his full bird rights. So again, that's just something to watch. Again, it's only three games, but DeRozan has played very well uh, in in the opening week and I think that like we mentioned both of us uh, you know having those extra more versatile defender defensive players kind of hides a lot of his weaknesses on the defensive end and he's actually able to be a little bit more active there All right, now let's discuss DeJounte Murray's opening week Um, 15 points 51% shooting from the floor 7.7 7.7 rebounds to 7.3 assists and 1.3 steals. He's, he's actually logged already a triple-double. So some positive things that we're seeing from DeJounte early on is he's actually attacking the basket a lot more. Um, he's, he's already made—he's he's been very efficient. This isn't going to be sustainable like I recently wrote, but he's actually made 10 of his 12 shots in the paint, and he's actually second on the team in drives. Uh, he, like DeRozan, has actually changed his shot profile as well. 60, 62% of his shots are coming from the paint, 23% of his shots from three. He's struggling a little bit with that shot. Uh, and then also, fifteen percent of his shots are coming from mid-range. He's actually very active on defense, you know, especially like like we mentioned, with um, more versatile defenders out there along his side. He's actually able to be a little bit more more um, you know you know aggressive on defense, and so we see him first on the team in deflections, and he's actually second in steals per minute. So, what have you thought about, thought about Dejounte's early um, week of the season?
4: Well, I mean, see, this is where it comes with Dejounte Paul. I mean. I'm a little iffy on, was, I should say, was a little iffy on him before the season started because, remember, he was coming off that ACL injury. You know, we didn't know how explosive he could We knew how explosive he could be before that. We didn't know if he could get back to that and seeing him these first 3 games i mean he's done pretty well for himself i mean there's been some times where you know maybe he misses a defensive assignment here and there like and everybody does let's just be real about that but for the most part he's done well he's attacked the ball well he had, he had his first career triple double i mean he is a, a, one thing i noticed he is reminding me a lot of And I don't mean to compare, but I'm going to. Uh, He's combining a little bit, maybe like Manu Ginobili and Tony Parker combined into one where if Manu was struggling, what what did he do? He would pass the ball out to his teammates. Tony Mm -hmm. Parker, same thing. So we're seeing that from DeJounte a little bit. Sometimes maybe he doesn't have the best offensive game. But he will find his teammates for buckets. We saw him find Lamarcus. We saw him find DeRozan, uh, Devin Vassell. We saw him. Find, we we saw we see him find these guys for shots, and that's where he said, you know, I, I think he said it uh, either in on, after Sunday's game or after they beat the Raptors, which was. Um, you know, I might, I want my teammates to do well. Even, and I, want, I want to do well. I want my teammates to do well. So that's why, you know, I'm going out here and, and distributing the ball the way I am. So, I mean, he's done well for himself. Uh, offensively, Pop said he wants him to be the attacking player, attack yes. the rim more, mm-hmm. which um, I will say I, I want to see that more from him because I don't think I've seen that enough from him. We've seen him drive the paint, but we're seeing more of him assisting, more of him really just... You know, hit, hitting the jumper here and there. I want to see him attack the paint a little bit more than he has been doing in these first three games. But I mean, overall, I think he's had a good start to the season.
3: Yeah, I agree with everything you said there, and I I, I want to point out something he mentioned uh, recently was that he says that in the offseason he really worked on his decision making, and just watched a lot of film, and just uh, tra- you know with the assistant coaches Becky Hammond, uh, Will Hardy, he mentioned Mitch Johnson as well. So that's something that again you see it with the assist numbers, you see it with with the scoring numbers, especially like like Pop said, he wants him to be more aggressive going to the rim, and uh-huh. he is doing that. If, if there's one thing, he's not quite getting into the free throw line, but again, it's early in the season, it's three games. We'll see if that starts to to happen. All right, Stephen. Now let's move on to um our second topic, which is early trends and rankings. So so the way I really picked up part of these stats we're going to go first on offense then we'll talk about the defense is I've kind of figured out you know I've looked at what matches the eye test and what I'm seeing in the games plus you know what is it, what are the stats playing out because some some stats are a little bit where like maybe they were good in two games for it but then it doesn't match what, what happened in the last game so let's begin first with the offense so as of uh, as of Monday when I crunch these numbers uh, they were 12th in offensive rating so the 12th best offense in the league uh, some, some highlights for their offense right now they are playing a lot faster just like they said they were so that was like the big thing was like in the preseason you know having Trey Lyles back having Lamarcus Aldridge back. It did look like they were a little bit slower. They were they were playing like that old Spurs basketball, where it's more half court oriented, you know, a lot more post-ups, a lot more pick and pop mid rangers. And so I was kind of, you know, I was kinda worried if that wasn't going to show up like how they played in the bubble in the regular season, but nope, that, that they actually have been playing a lot faster. A big part of that was that Keldon Johnson was able to get healthy enough to play an opening night, and so he's been inserted into the starting lineup. So so here's here's how they're playing faster. Um they're seventh in the league right now in fast break points, sixteen point seven points per game. They're ninth in pace, um one hundred four point six seven um point per, uh possessions per 48 minutes and they're also in the bottom 10 of percent of plays coming from the half court according to cleaning the glass again i think that one thing we've seen is pops definitely sticking to a lot of smaller lineups like well, he's had he's had groups out there even sometimes without like a normal point guard he's had groups like DeRozan, lonnie um Kelton johnson devin vassell LaMarcus Aldridge. he's been he's been a lot more experimental i'd say and then we saw even against that closing um the f- closing five minutes against um New Orleans, where he actually went small, he put Rudy Gay at the five, and so he didn't have Jakob or LaMarcus in there at the five, and so we have seen that that Pop's uh, willing right now to stick to these more versatile, quick-paced lineups. What have you thought about uh, that on offense?
4: Well, I mean, first of all, I mean, uh, Kellen Johnson starting in that opening night, I, I, color me surprised. I had my chart ready to go. I was like, okay, well, I, I, here's, what, here's what I think is going to happen. And then boom, comes out, oh, Kellen Johnson's healthy and he's starting. It's like, okay, sweet. So that, that's a, that was already a good way to start the season. But I mean, uh, offensively, this team has, as you said, I mean, for me, they've exceeded expectations in this first game because I wasn't sure. I, I saw the preseason just like you did. I was not sure if they were going to do this fast-paced, kind of high-tempo or up-tempo team that we we saw in the bubble. Because we saw preseason, we saw half-court, mm-hmm. we saw the, the Spurs of old, if you want to call, and I was a little concerned myself. So I was like, okay, well, maybe we're not going to get that. But we, we have gotten that these first three games. And what I've seen is a very different team offensively because you see a team that is hungry, you see a team that is attacking more, you see a team that is really not giving up. And what I mean by that is look at that game against New Orleans. I believe, I believe that most they were down with 17 points to the Pelicans. And the Spurs of old, and what I, mean, what I mean by that is the Spurs of last season, would have basically shut down and quit and just basically not even try to come back. These guys did. These young guys stuck with it, stuck to the game plan, kept attacking, kept doing what they know how to do. And they didn't win, but it was it, it was a loss that I was not upset by. I was it was a loss that I was actually impressed by because if this team can put it together and gel and get Derek White back, as we mentioned at the top, this team could be a could surprise a lot of people. And I mean this because everyone's picking them to not even make the playoffs to be like tenth or eleventh, I believe. Um, not really giving them much of a shot, but and, and after last season, I understand that. But if you if this team can stay healthy, can stay consistent and keep doing what they're doing offensively, particularly from three, because we've seen this team take a lot of three-pointers in these first three games that we saw them take in even a couple of games last season. So, I mean, if this team can do what they do, I think they can surprise a lot of people
3: yeah so let's continue to highlight their offense a little bit some other things that I'm seeing um, that matches you know what, what, the, what the film shows is they're definitely moving the ball well and i have already started to get comments on Twitter about the beautiful the beautiful game <laughs> in the well, it looks it actually does you know the, it does this yeah. numbers like really good and again it's only been three games so we can't put too, too much stock just quite yet but let's just talk about moving the ball the ball movement right now they have they have a 68% assist percentage uh, and that's third in the league right now um, you know where they stand they already had already an, a 36 assist game just wow that was almost close to 40 there in one game and we see that they're spreading the ball around it's not it's not easy to just you know guard DeRozan only guard LaMarcus only guard Rudy Gay only because as we see here seven players right now are averaging over 12 points like everyone's getting a chance throughout the game to attack the defense and a big part of that is like what we, we mentioned Stephen was their shot profile it ch- changes a lot more this season um they are like we mentioned with with Kelden back I mean with, with Kelden now in year two with uh, DeRozan with Murray there Uh, and also like we talked about Lonnie um, these players are attacking the rim a lot more so they're ninth right now in attempts in the restricted area that's the closest area you can get to the basket they've actually trimmed down uh, you know they're still in the bottom ten of the league, uh, or the top ten, should I say, of frequency of, of shots that come from the mid range. But they, but they're not the best mid range team anymore, like taking the most anymore. So that's a good thing for them. They've actually trimmed down on the mid range. They've taken a lot of the, those shots out of the, out of their shot profile. Pretty much, a lot of the mid range just belongs to Lamarcus Aldridge at this point. He's the only guy who's kind of taking. He's, he's specifically trying to take mid rangeers in these games. Uh, and then also, like you mentioned, Steven, something you just mentioned there, they have increased their threes. Now mm-hmm. they're not they're not a top 10 3 point frequency team, but they they're not last anymore. You know they used to be. Tw- 27, 28, 29 these last few years. Now they're actually 23rd as, as of where they rank right now, which isn't bad considering that, we again, we know that they are increasing their threes. Um, and then I'd say the one the one negative that we are seeing and why it's a little bit easier for teams too, which Derek White's going to help this this area of this negative, is their free throw rate. Uh, right now they're 29th uh, after three games and really it, their only two players who are able to get to the line consistently are DeMar DeRozan and Keldon Johnson. And so without uh, them using as many post-ups with LaMarcus Aldridge, I think that really takes away his ability to get to the free throw line. So I think that when Derek eventually comes back he's going to be that third player who can, who can be a threat to get to the line and I think that's an area of development where maybe Lonnie and DeJounte can try to, to get, try to get a little bit better so what do you th- think about their ball movement um, their, their, their shot profile like you mentioned earlier and their free throw rate
4: well their ball movement I mean I'm, I'm, I don't want to comment beautiful game just yet but I mean it does have the essence of that I mean it has the ins- essence of that beautiful game we saw in 2014 that led the Spurs to win their championship I mean uh, it does have some formula of that it's not there completely yet but i think again this is a young team this is a team that really didn't play much together last year unless you count the bubble but before that this team did not play much together on the floor you didn't see lonnie walker kelvin johnson did john mm-hmm. on the floor together for these long period of t- this long period of time in the game you saw them in garbage time before the spurs went into the bubble so i mean this team whenever they get things starting starting to gel i think we're going to see more consistency uh, from those uh, that you mentioned particularly the ball movement the assists you know the three point shooting and yeah you're right they're not the best three point shooting team in the in the league and i don't think they're going to be by the end of the season but i think they will be a better three point shooting team for themselves than they were a year ago, and again that comes with consistency. That comes with you know players playing together and finding out what, what works for them. I mean, we saw it in that game against Memphis on uh, opening night. Demar had the ball in the wing. He he literally threw it across court to Devin Vassell, who hit an open three. So I mean, it's things like that where again it was a blowout, but still it's things like that of finding your teammates, knowing what they're comfortable with, and just getting that cohesiveness together. And I think that offensively on you know the three-point shooting, the assisting. And what I also love, and I, I need to see more of from a, a couple of guys, is that aggressiveness and attacking the rim. We see it with Lonnie. We see it with Kelvin Johnson. That's why they call him Big Body is his nickname. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to see more of that as a unit from this team. And I think it, it could lead to some good things for the Spurs.
3: Yeah. So, so one of the areas if they are going to become a playoff team um, this year and get back into playoffs pretty comfortably, I think it's going to be with their defense. And this is an area where we are starting to see, you know, a lot more improvement. Again, it, it a lot of it just has to do with the personnel. They're playing better defenders right now mm-hmm. at the moment. They're just playing more versatile def- defensive lineups. So let's go through some of their, their, their defensive stats to kind of match the eye test in, in all three games. Uh, right now they're 11th in the league in, uh, as of Monday um, in their defensive rating. So that's a huge difference. They're not in the twenties anymore. Like they were last year. Um, they are keeping, you know, considering they're playing small with Keldon Johnson starting and, you know, playing one traditional big, uh, they actually are doing a very good job of, of keeping teams off the offensive glass. They're fifth right now in opponent um, offensive rebound percentage. That's been pretty steady for all three games. Uh, they are getting better at guarding the rims. So that in terms of that, I mean, I mean, teams aren't as effective anymore. They're still making 58% of their shots whenever they get to the restricted area. But the Spurs are ranked eighth right now in, 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 in um, and limiting the the, the amount of, um, of efficiency from the rim. And then they also are limiting opponent threes. Uh, teams are only taking 30.7 threes against them. That's eighth. For the Spurs defense, Uh, and they actually, we've seen a trend in their wide open threes that they're giving up. They've actually started to tick down as each game has passed. Some negatives for their defense early on that I'm seeing is um, they're giving away quick points on the other end. So it's good again that they're playing faster. You know, it it matches their style that they want to go with. But the problem is they're giving a lot of points away on the other end. So right now they're 23rd in opponent fast break points. And so what's happening is they're getting outscored. Um, you know, just in terms of fast break points, they're getting outscored by 1.3 points. So again, that's something that Pop will eventually, you know, continue to, to to work on with them. Is you know, you'll see lapses other defense where like you know they'll score a bucket and then all of a sudden you know you see like just the, i'm just going to the back to new world again all of a sudden zion williamson's open on the other side of the court or or pascal siakam or something like that you know where where, where the, the, the other team quickly inbounds and, and gets going and they, they quickly get like a layup um underneath the bucket so so that's something that they, they need to work on is again getting better in transition defense considering they're going to play faster and then also um because they're playing smaller, this is something I kind of saw in the bubble as well. Was that teams are starting to attack them a lot more, uh, especially the, you know they're getting to the to the restricted area thirty eight shots a game against the Spurs, which is twenty seventh in attempts. So again, even though they're efficient in terms of of, limit, of of making it tough for teams to score on them, there the math game is not going to work out for you if you are continuing to let teams just kind of kind of get into the rim at will um, a lot against your defense. So what have you thought about some of their, their defensive um, numbers so far? Be-
4: before I get into that, I want uh, to quick, know something from you. What is their defense in the paint?
3: in the paint uh what do you mean though like uh like uh
4: how often how how many points in the paint are they giving up per game let me let me look that up go ahead and start
3: your comments and I'll, I'll check that go
4: ahead okay okay my answer kind of goes into that but i mean okay so defensively yeah this team i think has had some issues when it comes to defense as you mentioned because i mean mm-hmm. you know they're gonna have time where they're gonna give, give up points which they see which we see them do particularly we saw against new orleans where you know brandon ingram scored very quickly down the floor and i believe like not even 10 seconds went off the shot clock so i mean uh, we saw that we've seen guys uh, some of the teams that they played in so far particularly though toronto where they got off to that poor start um, it was a quick. It was a quick start for Toronto. So I mean, uh, we saw them. let uh, John Morant go nuts on opening night. So I mean, it's it, again, it's, it's those type of defensive games where your offense can be fantastic. You know, you be, you could be shooting lights out, but if you're giving up that same amount of points on the other end, that's where it get, you're be, you're going to be competitive. But at what cost? So I think whenever yeah. they clamp clamp down defensively, and again, that's going to come as I keep mentioning with. Time playing together, this team will gel more cohesiveness. That defense will come, and I think once that does come, um, that's where I think you'll see you'll see that that eleven maybe will be rising higher, or maybe maybe go to ten or nine. I don't know, but I mean, uh, so far I think defensively they're better than they were a year ago, and I think that, mm-hmm. uh, defensively also one last point is that this team, and again, I believe last season they started three and zero. Spurs started three and zero and everyone we thought oh well, you know this could be a good season obviously we know how it ended this <laughs> team feels different overall mm-hmm. from defense to offense to the starting lineup to pop's decision making to keep with that lineup this feels like a different season this feels like a different team than we saw a year ago even though technically all they did was add two rookies from the draft in the, into their roster so i mean it looks like an overall different team and i'm excited to see where they go from here Okay.
3: Yeah. So I figured it out. So you were right. Um. So so their defensive numbers are not good at, in the paint. So their points. Yeah. So opponents are scoring 53 points in the paint against them, which is 25th. Um. You know, for the Spurs defensively in points in the paint for the opponents. So that's not good. That's a that's a very bad number. Yeah. So um, let me touch so, on that real
4: quickly. Go ahead. Is that yeah? So we saw John Moran, I believe. He had 44 points, a career high for him.
3: Yeah, 30 in the paint, by the way. Okay, I was
4: about to say, I was like a majority of that's probably going to be in the paint. So yeah, 30 in the paint. We saw uh, guys like Pascal Siakam, who uh, in that Toronto game, he went into the paint constantly. Uh, we all know what Zion Williams can do in the paint. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, so the, that's where this This is where, and particularly, Paul, look who's coming up. We got the Lakers twice coming in next, uh, but that's quote-unquote series, Sorry, this the series. Uh, watching them, yeah, they lost to Kawhi and the Clippers on opening night. But this team loves to get up and down the floor. They love to drive in the paint. So that's where the Spurs' defense has to be on point. They have to guard the rim. They have to put those attacking play or those rim protectors in there. And I'm interested to see what Pop does with that lineup, that starting unit. Considering you got Anthony Davis mm-hmm. in that starting unit, so for the Lakers, So let's see what he does there. Yeah, that'll
3: be an interesting game. To, to, that'll be a good test. And like you mentioned, you know, the, the the paint numbers aren't good. And and that was good how how you kind of just mentioned that you know, it, 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 as good as you can be on offense on one end, you're, if you're giving the same amount of points, that's that's why it goes back to me with the with the whole playing fast style. It's mm-hmm. like okay, that's good that you're playing fast. You're using that what what you, what 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 what's best for your team. But if you're not gonna if you're just giving away points on the other and actually getting outscored, it doesn't work out that way for you mathematically. It's not gonna work out. So so again, those are some early numbers uh, for them defensively. The Spurs again they will be bringing bringing back a better defender too, and Derek White soon. Uh, he'll be added to this group. Um, let's go to a spotlight. Just two players, Stephen, before we close up this episode that I really want to talk about in this opening week, and that's uh, Kelden Johnson. Uh, you know, just b- b- discussing him, how he's played again. Because of the, the situation he came into, he, he missed all of, the, all of training camp. He missed all of preseason with the foot injury where he got hurt at home. He was going up the stairs, he said. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, opening night comes against the Grizzlies and Pop says he's in, he's at the starting four. So he's playing at an undersized position. Um he's playing undersized at a, at a, at a position. Uh, but, but I want to talk about just how he's been. He's actually been very well, uh, been playing very good uh, out of the gates here. So his base stats to start the year, um, 14 points per game, 43% shooting. Thirty percent from three, struggling from there. Uh, Eight point three rebounds, two point seven assists, two turnovers, one point seven steals, one one block in thirty four in thirty point four minutes. Uh, so some highlights for him so far on offense um, or just overall. Uh, he's very aggressive like we've seen out the gate attacking the rim he just he's leads the team in shot attempts in the restricted area Two, 22 field goal attempts already there he's he's second most in getting free throws free throw attempts and then he we just see though that he just seeks contact he's constantly running into players especially bigs you know he's getting bodied up with Aaron Baines going to the rim uh, we've seen that his his shot diet I've been getting a lot of tweets from, from people that are saying that this Kelton Johnson is what Daryl Morey wishes you know a player could be right now it's like <laughs> just looking at where his shots come from 71% of his shots come at the paint the other 29% all come from three. So like he does not even worry about mid range or anything like that. He's just going either. He's going straight at you to get to the free line or score at the paint, or he's going to uh, take the three because he has to. Uh, another, um, highlight for him defensively is that he's been, we've seen him become a versatile defender here, uh, just opening night, you know, he, he, he spends time sh- uh, guarding a shooter and Dylan Brooks 51% of the time. Then the next game, he ends up playing uh, 40% of his minutes against Pascal Siakam on defense. And then the following game, he gets matched up with Zion Williamson and plays him for 54% of his minutes. So we have seen that, you know, he can guard those fours, but he can also guard, you know, more like, like, um, shooter type players as well. Uh, if there if there are any knocks on him again, it's 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 early in the season. It's only three three games, but we have seen him you know turn it over on his drive sometimes. You know he mm-hmm. out of the out of the four players that drive the most, Dejounte, uh, Demar, Kelden, and Lonnie, uh, he ha- he turns it over the most. He has a fifty percent chance of turning it over on his drives the most on the team, uh, and then also. Um, we, we can tell, you know, it's it's pretty easy to tell. You push pause on any of his threes, and teams are basically daring him to, to make threes. And I know he shot well in the bubble, but that's why you can't put too too much stock into the, the bubble because it's only eight games. And so right now, teams don't don't respect his three. They know that that's his weakness right now that they're going to try to hold him to. So we have seen that all of his threes so far have become those those wide-open threes where, where defenses are basically sagging off him. So that's why you see him being more aggressive and driving to the basket because he doesn't just want to take the three unless he really has to. So so that's something, as the season goes along, he'll have to improve. What have you thought about Keldon's game so Far to start the year.
4: Well, I mean, Kelvin has been, I think, one of the most, to me at least, in my opinion, he's been the most impressive because of considering, you know, again, I go back to the bubble where, you know, he really didn't have, we didn't know much about his game. I mean, coming yeah. into in, in the bubble, we didn't know much about it, what, what he could do because he never got that playing time. But now, he, coming out of the bubble, obviously, he got hurt at home. He missed training camp, as you mentioned, and then. Basically, basically got thrown into the fire on opening night. He says, all right, you're in, you're starting too. So good luck. And I mean, he's done well for himself. I mean, he has proven to be a player that I think this Spurs team, in the, and the Spurs fans listening, of course, will be very happy with later on in two, three, four, five years from now. Because I think he is a player like Derek White, who the Spurs want to build around. And I mean, a a very aggressive player, as you mentioned, he goes, he attacks the rim. That's exactly what you see a lot of these guards, a lot of these forwards doing nowadays is attacking the rim. Yes, you see, you know, they're still shooting threes, but when those aren't falling, you see teams attacking the basket, either to draw fouls and get to the free throw line, or to, to just to shake things up on on offense and kind of make the defense work a little bit. So I mean, with with Keldon Johnson, that's exactly what I've seen him doing. And the thing is, Paul, he is not afraid to go mm-hmm. up against guys like Zion Williams, Pascal Siakam. You know, um, and, he, and also I believe. You had, uh, I believe, John Morant was guarding him at one point on opening night, and he literally just made circles around him. And you know, I'm thinking, okay, you got you got a a second year player going up against a second year player, and I mean, that's pretty impressive. So Kellen is a guy that Pop clearly has a lot of love for, and seeing him on the court be aggressive, and I think that's what the Spurs team was missing a year ago. Paul is that aggressive player. Yeah, you had it in Demar. You had it in DeMar DeRozan, you had it in uh, Derek White, but you're missing a third piece. And I think, as we keep mentioning, when Derek White gets back, comp- uh, put him in there with White, DeRozan, Johnson, and even Lonnie. If Lonnie it goes to the bench or to keep starting, whatever happens there. But my point is, those four attacking players are going to make this Spurs team a little bit dangerous for the future.
3: Yeah, for sure. And so like like we said, you know, out of the gates Kelden's been very really good considering that he missed, you know, pretty much all um- uh, all of preseason training camp and, and the numbers he's already putting up, and, and again, the things that he can continue to work on. Uh, the other player I want to spotlight here is uh, Lonnie Walker, the fourth, before we close out this episode. He's had a good opening week as well. Uh, base stats 15.3 points per game right now, 49% shooting from the floor. Six, He's taking six threes a game. Uh, he's making 47% of those threes, uh, four rebounds, 1.7 assists, and just one turnover in, per game. So I think one of the biggest things that, that we've seen from Lonnie so far is that he's kind of, you know, that was one of the issues, was that, you know, losing Brent Forbes to, 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 in free agency and then also, um, with, um, with, uh, with Derek white injured to start the year, you know, aside from Patty Mills, there isn't like a reliable three point shooter on this team. But Lonnie so far has picked up that slack, and he's showing that he can become an outside threat. So early on, against just three games of the season, so he leads the team in made threes right now with three uh, per game. Uh, he's getting himself open off the ball. You know, if you watch the tape, and he's also um, being the benefit of beneficiary of whenever the, his teammates drive and kick because they are you know moving the ball very well. You see Lonnie being the player who's kind of moving off the ball, and he's getting himself good quality wide open shots. Sixty three percent of his shot attempts right now have been wide open, and a lot of those aren't because the defense is purposely leaving them open. It's just that you know the Spurs players are. are are penetrating it, so it's making the defense shift uh, shift around and 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 help, um, and and so it's, it's uh, and and Lonnie's getting in position to catch those those passes and make it. Uh, some other things we've seen from him. He's shown he's not he's not consistent in this part of his game, but he has shown that he can be a threat to attack the rim. Um, his his shot profile, you know, 30, 38% of his shots come from the paint, 11% from mid-range, and 51% from three. Um, right now, when he does attack the paint, he's making 8 of 11 from the, from the restricted area. Now, that's not sustainable either, but again, he's showing that he has been efficient when he does try to attack. Um, he's fourth on the team in drives, though he does tend to pass more when he is driving. And then lastly, I want to highlight his defense as well. Just like Keldon, Lonnie has shown that he can be a very... Very versatile defender as well, where he can, you know, in, in, against Memphis, 29% of the time he's guarding John Morant, 37% of the time against Toronto, he's guarding Kyle Lowry, 29% of that time he's guarding Van Vliet, Fred Van Vliet. And then all of a sudden, um, in, in the game against New Orleans, 62% of the time he ends up guarding Brandon Ingram. So, so we have seen that Lonnie uh, as well has had a strong start here uh, to, to the year. What do, what do you think about Lonnie's play in this opening week?
4: Well, Lonnie has been, again, we saw uh, uh, the game against Houston a year ago where he went completely nuts and just, you know, had a great game for himself. So, I mean, that right there, we all knew that Lonnie could be something special. And seeing these first three games from him, I think it only... You know, adds to the fact of what we saw last year, what he can do. And what I think surprised me the most, Paul, is you mentioned his defense. I mean, he is guarding some of these big-name players who a year ago, I don't even think you or I would have thought he would be guarding them at this point. So, I mean, defensively, he's done very, very well for himself. I'm not going to compare him to anybody because I think he's his own guy. He is yeah. some, someone who has his own defensive style. He doesn't play like a Kawhi. He doesn't play like a, like a LeBron James. He plays his own style, and I think that works for him. I mean, we've, we've seen it working for him very well. Um, and the thing is, he is not that type of defender where he sags off his man. He will stick to his man. He mm-hmm. will fight through screens. You know, we, we see him do that on the defensive end. Offensively, we know what he can do. He, uh, uh, I'm a huge Star Wars nerd, so hearing Bill Land call him uh, Lonnie Skywalker for those dunks <laughs> made me so happy to hear that. But I mean, um, you know, it, it, uh, again... You you need those explosive players on both ends of the court. In Keldon Johnson, you have a very good aggressive offensive player. In on the defensive side for Keldon, you have a good defensive player who in and a good for a second year player, but they can also get can get better as the season goes on. And with Lonnie, same thing. You have a good aggressive player on offense who either can attack the rim can pull up for a three he can pull up for a mid-range shot or he can even assist and find one of his own one of his own teammates for an open shot defensively uh as we said you know he is a hard-nosed defender um Uh, Not to say he doesn't make some mistakes because everybody makes mistakes off on the defense. Of course, that's why Pop Pop gets on his guys all the time for that. We saw that uh, multiple times (laughs) in New Orleans for for him calling timeouts there. But I mean, uh, Lonnie's a very good defensive player and I think he's only going to get better when the season goes on. I think, What's more important, though, Paul, is the the trust that Pop has in Lonnie to guard those big name players. Mm-hmm. And I'm very interested to see what happens in these next two games with the Lakers, because you have LeBron James, you have Anthony Davis, you have um, you know Kuzma, you have all these guys uh, for the Lakers. Who is Lonnie or who's Lonnie going to be guarding? That's what I'm going to be looking for uh, in these next two games.
3: Yeah, for sure. That that'll be a good observation to watch. Uh... for for that game against Lakers. And uh, one thing I want to talk about, I mean, two things that, that you mentioned that I kind of want to point out there. Uh, that I want to uh, provide some more details on is I, I know you say you know we don't want to compare him to a spe- any kind of player, but I know he right. himself in training camp he had mentioned that he wants to play you know down the road like a, like a Drew Holiday type style, and I think mm-hmm. defensively we are seeing that where he takes a lot of pride. We know that Drew Holiday is one of the better defenders in this league, yeah. and one thing you just watch Lonnie, watch him off the ball on defense, and just watch how he's a constantly like clapping his hands. He's getting into he's really really um honing in on on getting set in his defensive stance, and and we saw that you know Brandon Ingram the, the most times that he was effective when he was could get Lonnie away from him. So like we saw there in the fourth quarter when he was doing those mid-range jumpers a lot of that was because he couldn't make them just right right, right over Lonnie Walker what he had to do is he had to call for a screen with Zion or Steven Adams and mm-hmm. then they would get us you know he they would screen Lonnie so it'd get him off the ball and then you know Yaka Perto or LaMarcus Aldridge whoever wouldn't step up and that's why Brandon got some room there so it does show that you know even the New Orleans offense couldn't uh their their best player on offense couldn't quite uh, or you know from the perimeter get going with Lonnie there on him. So, so again, he's, he's shown that he has been a more versatile defender and you know, with more minutes, he, he should get better as the season goes along. And, and like I mentioned, you know, pretty much every player we spotlighted today, Murray, White, um, DeRozan, Lonnie, <laughs> and Johnson, uh, they all are starting, and that's the problem. is like whenever Derek comes back, one of these guys is going to have to go to the bench, so we'll see again uh, if whoever goes to the bench w- when that happens, uh, if they can um, you know, continue that momentum that they've already shown here in the starting lineup.
4: What um, I will say on that real quickly, Paul, I will say, I, if, just my opinion, I could be wrong, and I, honestly, I probably am wrong, but I would think... Lonnie would go to the bench. Derek yeah, would start, so and could I? I like I said, Lonnie reminds me of that Manu six-man role. Is mm-hmm. what Lonnie reminds me of. So I think for the time being, yeah, you have Lonnie starting, but I think Lonnie will go to the bench when Derek gets back, and he will fill that that uh, six-man role that we see Patty Mills filling right now.
3: Yeah, and something you were talking about earlier is, like, you know, when they do get healthy completely, I really want to see it. You remember how the Warriors just have that death death ball lineup (laughs) back in their prime when they were, like, winning championships? Well, I wonder if down the road when everybody's healthy, if Pop will even experiment and throw out a a lineup with, like, DeJounte, Lonnie, uh, uh, Derek White. Keldon and either you know and maybe DeRozan or some somebody at the five. So I really want to see you know yeah. one of those their best defenders all together, including you know whoever that other player is, uh you know if it's if it's Lamarcus or it's DeRozan. So that's mm-hmm. so that, again, there's a lot of flexibility for the Spurs defensively with this new team uh, that they have, considering it like you mentioned, Stevens, pretty much the same team, uh, you know, except for the rookies that that have been that have been added to the team. Uh, but but they did lose, you know, Brent Forbes and Marco Bellnelli But now they're replacing the, those players with better um, defenders overall. Um, so let's go ahead and close out this episode, Steven. So um, Spurs Cast Sisters, make sure you're checking out ProjectSpurs.com. We're back in full swing here on the on the website. Um, Stevens continue to provide analysis right after every game so just log on um, to, to Project Spurs you can read his, his, his analysis after each game. Uh, Benjamin Bornstein you know even though it's, it's a long way away the draft uh, he's already getting you ready for the next year's draft with uh, Prospect Watches. His latest one is over Scotty Barnes and then also something that, w- that we launched last season we're not we're taking off premium this year uh, it's, it's, it's all the different stat databases last year that we had. Uh, I've, 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 I've worked on them this year. I've added new wrinkles to them and I've been posting on my Twitter if you follow me at Paul Garcia NBA and so I've been um, you know just there's a lot more data and, and really cool um, you know, charts and stuff that I'm putting into those stat databases, so make sure you check those out over on Project Spurs. Thank you to Steven again for joining me here on the Spurs cast and also to Michael DeLeon for mixing and producing this episode. From all of us at Project Spurs, stay safe and happy
4: holidays.